0: Welcome to The Six Degree Podcast, the podcast where we grill our guests about the things that make them tick and find out how human connection plays a role in their life. I'm your host, Emily Merrill. Welcome back to The Six Degree with Emily Merrill. Today, I am thrilled to have my friend, Poi Granati, a UX designer and paper florist. Welcome to the show, Poi. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, I am so excited as well. I, I think I'm, um, I think I'm one of your biggest fan girls. Maybe I don't want to. I don't want to. Oh, say you that. are. <laughs> I don't want to say that I'm like huh. your only fan girl because I know there's a lot of fan girls out there. But I am so impressed by what you've built and the paper florals that you've designed. And I have um, this past weekend, we had a feng shui person come. And she was moving around our staff and she was like, oh, those flowers, put them in this bigger vase. Like they deserve more of a presence and you're, you're I don't know. I just want to gift them to everyone that I know. <laughs> so you need to just send me a bucket of flowers so I can be more generous and pop them up
1: yeah we have to figure that out we'll, we'll side yeah. on
0: that afterwards that's my
1: mission like I just want to spread joy because I had a lot of joy making all this paper flowers and then like when when you say that it's just like you know kept me going and do what kept doing what I'm doing
0: Is, isn't that funny that sometimes we know that we're doing something good but we need to hear that outside validation or we need to hear someone say you know that changed me or that saved me or that inspired me to remind us that what we're doing isn't for nothing.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah 100% like this is funny because just now I so I learned how to make this dahlias and I've been like it's the itch that um I wanted to redo it for a lot of a long time because like you know I wasn't really happy of how it looked and then just now that I um, spent like six hours yesterday making one flower and then I'm like oh my god I, I accomplished something so like I used to be at the point where like I need all the validation and postings on Facebook and like I you know, past that phrase of like, no, I don't need anyone's validation. I just like, I know that this looks good. I'm not, I know that I am okay. But just now I just have to send it to my uh, group of friends they're like, Hey, I just want to let you know that I make this and it's beautiful. And I just want your validation. And they're all like, give me thumbs up and everything. So yeah, sometimes you need that. Right. I love it. That's like me every time I, (laughs) when I
0: ran, which I do not do at the moment, but when you run, you're like, I just went for a five mile run. I Mm -hmm. don't know who needs to know this, (laughs) but just tell I just need to tell everyone. Yeah. You can applaud me in some way. Just a little high five. That's all I need. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole business in itself. Like the high five bucket, like someplace Mm -hmm. where you can just drop your wins and someone Mm -hmm. gives you like a standing ovation every time you do something like.
1: For sure. Yeah. You just want to know that, you know, there's someone out there that appreciate what you do, right? It doesn't have to be a thousand people, maybe one or two, that's enough.
0: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. One or two super fans that that Mm can change your game. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a perfect segue into what I was thinking about the theme of today's podcast and it's pivoting. And, um, you know, Poi, I know 2020 was a year full of pivots for you. Mm-hmm. But before we dive into, you know, your story of pivot, I want to hear a little bit more about you and how you came to the U.S. I know mm-hmm. it was about ten years ago that you were a grad student coming over from Thailand. Mm-hmm. So ten years ago, gosh, it was 2011. Oh, holy smokes! Yeah. Um, what were your expectations of? Coming over to the States as a grad student versus uh-huh. your now reality. And then take us through your pivot of 2020.
1: Well, first and foremost, everyone, when you talk about the word pivot, you probably think of friends. <laughs> like <pivot.
0: laughs> yeah. I can't not think. Of I that. just have to let it out there.
1: <laughs> but, um, yeah, like now it's crazy to think about like, you know, 10 years ago when I first decided to come to New York, the story is like very, you know, simple. It's that I, so I graduated, um, my bachelor degree in journalism and, and um, advertising, um, from Thomas University, um, And then, you know, I was working in agency. I worked in a production house and I've worked in like so many different settings for like three years. And then I just felt... Um, burned out or out of place and I felt like I needed something more and at that time like I knew that I wanted to work in an environment where people speak English because I realized at the um, you know at the very young age that I enjoy um, speaking English or other languages I studied French I studied Spanish I studied German um, so I've always wanted to, you know, like kind of broaden in my horizons of, um, you know, talking to people in different languages. So languages, uh, was my number one thing that I wanted to explore more. So I thought about like, okay, like, do I go to Germany? Do I go to Sweden? Um, mostly I think back then it was mostly Europe because I wanted to kind of, um, you know, like speak, be able to speak French again, Uh, I knew a little, like really little French right now. Um, But yeah, like, uh, you know, and then I kind of like look into my options of like, where else would I want it to go? I visited America so many times, um, but only on the West Coast, like I've been to San Diego, you know, LA and San Francisco, but never on the East Coast. I think I visited um, DC, I think, like maybe a few years before came to New York but never New York so I just thought like okay if it's gonna be America it has to be New York for some reason but then also like my dad well we, I have an aunt who lives in Queens and she's been here for almost like 40 years she used to have a Thai restaurant in West Village and now like you know that restaurant is closed but you know she's here so my dad was like okay if you want to try it out just come to New York because you have a free rent and try you know for six months and then see how it goes and that's the start of the story. <laughs> and here I am, 10 years.
0: <laughs> wow, so you had never, to kind of sight unseen, you came to New York for the very mm-hmm. first time. Mm-hmm. Did you have graduate
1: school lined up or did you come and live with your aunt first? No, so back then I, wouldn't, I didn't know if like which path do I wanted to go. Like I wasn't, um, you know, a consecutive. So I wasn't in the creative path at all. I was in the client service, like business part. And then I was like, you know, when in an advertising world and I wasn't in the creative path, like I was thinking about, oh, maybe marketing, maybe MBA, you know, like that's a maybe. So that's why my dad was like, you know, you tried it out, if you like the city, if you wanted to, you know, spend your time looking at um, colleges or university around New York, like, you know, that was like Pratt and um, I think it was like SVA and NYU and Columbia. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. And so, um, and then you ended up getting into NYU and starting your, your UX program,
1: right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the story actually uh, went, before that was like I'd applied to many universities, but I got rejected. So the program that I wanted to go to is branding program at, at SBA, and mm-hmm. I got rejected the first time. So the second time I applied again. And so like during that year that I got rejected, I applied to this uh, one-year program at Pratt, which is the certificate in graphic design. I think that's like along the way, I was kind of, you know, um, like make connection with friends. Friends and like go to events like you in New York you hop on the train and you you know can find yourself in the different events and different people so I took that time to kind of like you know insert myself into the different communities and like go to open houses and talk to people stalking people on Instagram and kind of talk to them about it and yeah and then I think that led me to um you know knowing this program at NYU where it's called um interactive design um interactive telecommunications which it's not really focusing on UX it's like you know a very it's really hard to um explain what the program is but you can be learning from coding engineering physical computing design um like theater and it's everything but it's just like, you know, whatever the backgrounds you're coming from, and then you get to share in this chair space, and then with te- technology and innovation, if that That's, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like an
0: incredible program. It had so mm-hmm. much breath. Mm-hmm. So then you ended up getting into UX and oh. landing a corporate job. Yeah. What, what happened next?
1: Yeah. Um, this is a good story. <laughs> so <laughs> after I graduated from NYU and then um, I was trying to get a job at NUX. And, you know, I knew, I think at like the second year of um, at NYU that, okay, like UX is where I wanted to go because it's, um, it's design, but also like, I know that I have a, you know, passion in like psychology. I always wanted to find like the story behind why design are, you know, You know, under there. So I was trying to find a job and then I was struggling like it was so hard to find a job back then. And I think like, you know, it's a lot of self-doubt that I wasn't good enough. And I think looking back, I wasn't try hard enough, you know, when back then I thought I tried hard, but um yeah, that's another like story about being self-doubt and, and whatnot. So it took me around a year to actually like land myself a job. And I got my position as a UX designer at Essay Lauder, which was my dream job. And I had a really good team and like everyone in the team and, you know, people I worked with are super smart, so talented, and it taught, taught me so much.
0: That, and yeah. Yeah, that's incredible until the pandemic. Yep,
1: until the pandemic. <laughs> it was crazy that, um, you know, I finally landed myself a job that I loved and it's a perfect situation. And then I lost a job um, during the pandemic. So it was, yeah, it was a tough time for sure.
0: <laughs> so then how did you take you know, the pandemic happened, Mm -hmm. you lost your job, Mm -hmm. and now you're a paper florist. So how did you transition from a user experience designer to Mm -hmm. becoming truly one of the
1: most talented paper florists out there? Oh, that's so nice to hear. But I think it has to go back to when I was graduating from NYU. So um, during the uh, program, there was a class called 100 Days of Making. And this is a funny story where I told my best friends like, Hey, you should take it. This is like, sounds like a good class. But then I ended up um, removing myself from the class and being like, yeah, I don't, I don't have to take this class and, and have people tell me what to do for hundred days. I'll do it myself. And then, so both of my best friends took it. And then they they said like, Oh my God, hundred days changed my life. And I was like, Eh, how did they how like you know making something for 100 days change your life like you're, you're being too much like you're so emotional like no I was skeptical about it but then when I was struggling to find a job and you know I talked to these friends and they were like boy you have this time right now to do something like instead of refreshing your emails to see if you get a job offer, why not just take this time to make something for 100 days, like take the 100 days project that's no better time than now and do something that you've always wanted to do but never did so. I guess like looking back to a younger boy, I've always been fascinated by any type of paper crafts. Is it like journaling, um, paper crafting, like paper cutting or pop-up books, like any types of paper, I've always been fascinated by that. So I thought like, okay, I've always wanted to make a pop-up book, but you know, making a one pop-up book for a day that's not sustainable. So the idea of 100 days of making is basically you give yourself time is it either it's one hour to two hours a day to block that time to do something like same thing for 100 days right? It doesn't have to be something big. I I see a lot of people like you know they make like origami one origami a day, right? Or to other um, one of my best friends, she uh wants to learn new program, the Cinema 4D, and she learned one technique a day. So that inspired me. And then I think I would just want to stick it to one thing and keeping my brain out of refreshing, keep you know, hitting the refreshing button. And so I started a hundred days of paper craft first. So I, the first two weeks, I actually spent like maybe eight hours a day to make one project because I want everything to be perfect. And as a Virgo, (laughs) I I say this a lot because like, you know, I just want to make a complete project. And I have like very high expectation that everything I'm making is going to make like a hit or like, you know, a fireworks and whatnot. And then I get back to like talk to both of my friends and we're like, you don't have to. And then if you want to make this thing sustainable, you just have to, you know, uh, narrow it down to something that you can control, you know, um, you don't want to complete this project taking that takes eight hours a day. So then I narrow it down and thinking about okay, so I know what I like doing with paper, uh, paper, which is like, you know, anything paper, that's a medium, right? And then I know that I enjoy um, combining different colors together and then color and paper married together. That's paper flower, because I just you know look into Pinterest on Instagram and seeing people doing this, and it's like, all right, I cute plants. I'm not a flower person. <laughs> then maybe add up a little challenge to myself that um, you know this could be a good challenge, and I stick with one topic, right? So that's when I decided, okay, let's make a hundred days of paper flower, and it's that's where I started. That's incredible.
0: I love the idea to do anything for a hundred days. I think that's just an incredible challenge to put in front of you, you know, Mm -hmm. be it, be it someone taking a a particular class or um, online or be it like making a hundred flowers. But I Mm -hmm. think um, it's cool that that challenge kind of prompted and led you to your next career and Mm -hmm. led you to a place, you know, you could have made paper animals, you could have made paper, you Mm -hmm. could have made origami and somehow the flowers are what brought you to life and I so resonate when you said with what you said in, in terms of like, I kill plants and um, <laughs> yeah, I have this like incredible intimidation of, of greenery and mm-hmm. um, you know, keeping something alive. So I think paper flowers is an incredible initiative. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, once you finish the hundred days of paper flowers, mm-hmm. is that how summer space studio came to be? Or what did that, was that idea already in your brain? Um,
1: so, it's a long story but I'm going to try to brief because like <laughs> I tend to talk about stuff like You know, a lot, but I guess like going back, it's um, when I first came to New York, um, Mm -hmm. like, you know, my first winter, that was my first experience, like a real brutal below zero kind of experience. I'm like, holy shit, this is so cold and I can't go out. There's snow outside. Like, what is this? I came from a a place where it's always summer, (laughs) it's always 90 to 100 degrees in Thailand. So essentially that's when I, you know, it's again, like, you know, it's a part where um, I was trying to figure myself out and I kind of curating my happy place and I call it summer space so that I could like creating this place where, you know, I live in my aunt's attic in Queens with no friends at a time. And, you know, this is the place where like, okay, putting my, um, it's like a my space. I think that, you know, okay, like this two hours, this is my summer space is thinking about home, thinking about um, co- uh, hot weather, thinking about the beach where I love going to, and just, you know, uh, a place where I journal a place where I make like fun projects. So I that's like summer space. It's always been in the back of my head. And then when I started this paper flower journey, I like, okay, maybe I just share this journey on Instagram, because I just want to create like a you know a separate account so that's when summer space started like okay this is where I'm gonna post this hundred days of paper flower and I'm just gonna call it summer space because I don't want it to be just paper flower because I wanted to extend to other crafts that I like doing as well and share my happy place with other people and then it became a flower making
0: studio yeah yeah pretty (laughs) pretty much (laughs) it it started off Uh, as your happy place now it's yeah yeah Uh, Mm -hmm. well so I you know Poi, we had the opportunity of meeting through self-made a program by mm-hmm. Britain Co, um, mm-hmm. which was incredible. And you know, you've since been featured in Britain Co, and Oh Joy, and Paper Source, and West Elm and Maman, and mm-hmm. gosh, the list goes on. Six Degrees mm-hmm. Society, obviously, yep. um, mm-hmm. the list goes on. And and you're also hosting these workshops for people mm-hmm. uh, to to learn how to make paper flowers themselves. Mm -hmm. What advice do you have for someone who kind of was at a similar crossroad to you? Like, you know, they, they wanted to hit refresh on their inbox, looking for Mm -hmm. that perfect job. Um, and maybe they haven't had that gumption to, to find their hobby or their passion, but do you have any advice for people to get started to find that,
1: that other side of themselves, that summer space? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Um, there's one quote that I'm not sure who started this, but that's always written, like I written this on my journal so many times to remind myself, it is start where you are, use what you have and do what you can. This is something that I hold dear to my heart and every time that I needed something to remind myself that. Um, so like, start where you are, like, you know, wherever you are, like, you know, thinking about what you're good at and what you, what you're not. So for me, starting papers, uh, paper flowers, I know that I, um, you know, not really good at marketing. I think like, you know, this is like a summer space in a hole that I started to pivot and then make it a business, um, so I know that I'm not good at marketing, I'm not good at um, selling myself or, but I know that I can do some graphic design. I know that I can do some branding. I know that I can do some web design. So I stick with that. And then I basically gather my friends um, and, and host a workshop with them and have them to give me feedback. Because I know that this friend are, is good at um, giving critical advice or critical feedback. And I know that this friend is good at marketing. This friend is good at, um, you know, tech coding stuff, right? And gather these and then use what you have. I didn't um, start this paper flower and spend a of dollars because I was poor back then because I was didn't have a job. <laughs> so like, I have to make sure that I was smart um, to use what I have. So I basically use whatever I have laying around my studio. And this has always been uh, still like a heart of my workshop, where you don't have to buy everything I tell you to do. You don't have to buy all this coloring or like a fancy camera. I will tell you that the first, um, still, still now, I'm using like this five or six year old camera and then taking a photo on a foam board next to my bed because this is where New York apartment (laughs) I live on the fifth floor walk up I don't have a fancy equipment at all and take a photo with a natural light coming in and then I know a little bit of photoshop I can get around it so use what you think you have and then if you don't then ask the people around you ask for help and then do what you can like yeah just put it in and then if you so one thing about the 100 days of making, I think it's like dropped a lot of my perfectionist, mm. uh, professionism. I know that I mentioned about like me being like, want everything to be perfect. I think 100 days, it kind of taught me to, okay, like today I give myself two hours a day. I make one flower. If I don't like it, I have tomorrow to fix it. Who said that I can't make the same flower next day? Because this is my control. And if I like it, Great. If I don't, I have tomorrow to fix it. So that's one. That's another, you know, advice to, you know, those of you who's like, oh, like I'm so scared. Like, you know, I don't, I don't have this. I don't have that. Like, no, like use what you have in front of you and think about like what you can, you know, use for what you have. I think you bring up such a
0: good point. Just the idea of starting and then being consistent with starting. Um, So much. I think we're conditioned. If we're not good, we must quit. And we must quit mm-hmm. immediately. And we don't give ourselves the chance to actually succeed or actually see the success through. So mm-hmm. um, I love the idea of, of that your perfectionism kind of dissipated the more that you did it because you got better and you got stronger and you are now a pro. And, you know, Poi and I have been talking about um, your upcoming workshop that I'm going to, which I'm so excited. And I'm yeah, be, super you know, excited as well. My first flower, but, you know, as someone who, funny enough, doesn't associate herself with a creative as being a creative. There's a lot of intimidation and fear and actually Mm -hmm. starting, but you know, sometimes starting is the hardest part, but once you start, it's a lot more fun and it's a lot, Mm -hmm. you realize messy action.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you know, I I have a lot of people who I've been teaching workshops um, in person in in New York City for almost two years. And like a lot of questions that I got that, oh, my flower doesn't look like yours. And then I ask them back, like, but it doesn't have to. Like it's I have like 15 people come to my one like for every one workshop. And they gave them the same instructions, and all fifteen of them ended up with the different flowers. What does it tell you? It's that's that's how you enjoy the process, Mm -hmm. and that's what you know kept me doing what I do. So, like going back to the first questions, like how did I start this? Like I work as a UX, um, you know, my full time, and then after the work hours, I go to teach, and that's a long day for me, from like eight until like ten. But you know that kept me going kept doing what I do is that like you know all these questions and like you know at the end of the class and people are like oh I'm not a crafty person but I can make this one flower great like this is great like you know and then you accept that um your fear of like um, preventing you to learn new things and mm-hmm. yeah it's going to be a learning curve there's a lot of flowers that I made before that I hate <laughs> but you know it doesn't have to stop there and it doesn't have to be perfect
0: Well, I think you, that you bring up so many things. So the fact that you teach the same flower and it looks different for every person. And I Mm -hmm. think that's very, that's a great, um, comparison to just like human nature and humans Mm -hmm. in general, like you and I are different. We're all different. We're all unique. We're all, we're all special snowflakes in our own way. Mm -hmm. We're not the same. So that's, that's evident in like the production of the product. And then also, um, the fact that when you talked about that you were doing this while you were doing your full-time job at one point, how did you transition into keeping yourself motivated when, you know, you had, you were between figuring out if Summer Space Studio is your full-time thing or what, like, how did you, did you have any, do you have any tips or advice for people who are like, well, I'm not
1: motivated enough to start my own thing? Mm-hmm. So I think for me, one thing about my, the net na- the nature of my m- the UX job is you staring at the computer all the time. <laughs> so making paper flowers made me um forget about my phone. Yeah. Sometimes I have some shows on the background, chick flicks or some like <laughs> you well, like- know, crazy TV shows. But it just gave me like my the connection with my hand, like doing something with my hands without looking at the screen sometimes I have podcasts on sometimes I have Broadway Disney you know <laughs> um, soundtrack on so it's just like um, kind of disconnect me with like we all live in the life where we look at the screens all the time and that's kind of good um, it gives me a good break and then it also um, you know give me the time where I'm Mostly spending time with my husband as well when he gets back from work, and you know I get to not look at my screen, not look at my email, but just like maybe we he want to put a a show on and I make paper flowers, and at the end we get to spend time together without like you know interacting with other devices around us. So I think um, for that it's just yeah you give yourself boundary about your job and also like yeah if you still have a job and then you just want to find some like creative time um I'm, i know that the uh, the situation differs for for you know different people but just give yourself time a lot of times when i feel that i don't have time to make paper flowers i just wake up a little earlier to make one flower or do something about it or like paint or something like that just to you know give myself the this creative time that i just want to do something about it
0: i love it I, it's like your workout class in a way like you're yeah. like i have to i have to build yeah. it into my schedule mm-hmm. um well Poi, how can individuals learn and find more about you and summer space studio your workshops um mm-hmm. the stems that you offer and tell us a little bit more about the products that you offer as well
1: yeah, so right now I have three different categories of my workshops that I offer and that's one person <laughs> labor. So um, you the, first of all, you can find me on Instagram, which is at Summerspace Studio. And my website is summerspace.studio. Um, and right now, like what I do, the first thing is the workshop. I offer, um, you know, live workshop and you have an option to just come to the workshop and then source the material yourself, or you can get the kit from me. So you don't have to, and, um, coming in the next few months is going to be on demand. And I'm offering a hosting, uh, workshop for corporate as well. If you have like a team building or any private bridal party, I host this workshop where, Um, all the bridal party make one flower and at the end they make a bouquet for the bride uh, before. So that's, was like a really good um, workshop as well. So private events and corporate workshops. And um, I also have like pre-made the bouquets. If you like, you know, doesn't have a, any idea about arrangements. I have those on the website. And also the last thing is custom made, which is um, if you have the specific request for the flower or um, if you are um, you know, a husband who was trying to give your wife for the first year anniversary, because first year is paper, recreating your bridal bouquet. You don't have to be the husband. So you can be anyone who wants to you know, give the, you know, the bride to you recreating the bouquet. That's me. So I, I love that. I'm like, where were
0: you last year uh, to tell my husband this? Maybe <laughs> we got each other. What did I get him? I got him a bidet for paper. Mm. Um, it was like a little play. That's on really paper. good. One. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, what did he get me? I don't think he got me anything. Uh, I don't remember. Maybe a trip. I think he got me a trip or something like that, but that wasn't paper. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Anniversary. Yeah. We, we yeah. We yeah. went to Tahoe. I'm like, what, when was our anniversary? Yeah. We went to Tahoe.
1: Mm-hmm. So he got me a
0: trip. So, yeah. but it doesn't they, have
1: to be the first year, right? It could be any year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. There's so funny, the traditions with it. I wonder who we even created. That's a whole different podcast. Yeah.
1: Uh, created this. <laughs> we didn't have the two hours to talk about yeah, it. <laughs> exactly. Like,
0: where did these things come from? Well, Poi, before we wrap up, I want to ask you six fast questions to get, you know, to get to know you that much more and that much deeper. So my first question for you
1: is tell us an unknown fun fact. Oh, unknown. I'm not sure if this is unknown, but I don't talk about it too much. That I cook Thai food every almost every day from scratch. I'm so proud about it, but you know, I didn't really post it on the Summer Space Instagram. But that's the fun fact that I love cooking for people, but not more than six people because I don't have the recipe uh so if you want me to feed you um you know authentic Thai food come to my place I would love to feed you but not more than six people
0: (laughs) (laughs) only bring five friends that's it that's it I love that
1: Uh, I'll send you my address you
0: can just ship Mm -hmm. it that's perfect (laughs) I thought you were going to tell us about your name and where the the name Poi came
1: from oh that's another two hours. But <laughs> would you like me to tell you? <laughs> well, if you can summarize
0: it in a minute, I think that I love that story.
1: Okay. So I guess, um, so Thai nickname, it doesn't have anything to do with the, with a Thai full name. Mostly pe- Thai people has the Sanskrit and Thai full name. My full name in Thai is Krachaya and my name Poi is actually, um, a, name after a festival in the northern part of thailand called chiang mai where they have this festival and then that's where i got conceived and my sisters are named after the city in vancouver and in munich and i don't have to tell you where that come from i love that <laughs> i think that is i think that's so great
0: i think that's yeah i i i love <laughs> i love it my i i'm in patrol hill and so <laughs> I always talk to my husband about that. I'm like, we can name our kid Potrero and our last name is yeah. Hill. This is perfect. Like, no, absolutely yeah. <laughs> not. What, what is he going to go by? Potty Hill? Like that's, that's <laughs> terrible. But I love that idea. I just wish we yeah. should timed it at a better better place. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So my second question for you is who would be a dream person you'd want to be connected with?
1: Ooh, connect with? Ooh, that's... Nick uh... with even. Mixed flower with... I mean, I already connected with this person who's Joy, Joy Show from OJoy. I say her name because um, she's inspired me in so many ways because I she's a one of the reasons I came to New York because so she is a Thai American. So I looked myself up to her a lot that, um, you know, her journey is, you know, different, but, you know, kind of the same that, you know, you have the same heritage and, you know, the fact that she started her blog and uh, became who she is today. And she's so inspiring and, and yeah, like I would love to meet her in person one day and yeah, I would say joy show for more joy.
0: I love it. I think that is a great, Great person. Um, what TV
1: show are you currently watching as you're making your flowers? Um, good question. Um, <laughs> I'm re-washing, we're re-washing Stranger Things because the fourth one is coming out. So I just want to, ruminizing all the details. And also, I think we just started AP Bio. Oh, I don't remember you know that, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really funny. It's like, uh, you know, it's on Hulu and it was a really light show to watch. Oh, okay. so
0: I'll, yeah. have, to, I'll mm-hmm. have to look that one up. Yeah. Hulu is doing a very good job right now. Very sarcastic. Yeah. Super- oh, <laughs> if you like sarcastic, you should try out Letter Kenny. Oh,
1: okay. It's I'll put that one on. Fascinating. fascinating. Um, yeah. what, what book are you currently reading? Right now I'm trying to finish, I said this so many so many times. Um sapiens and atomic habits. Yeah. James yeah. Clear. Yeah. I think I um I finished atomic habits the first time and then I didn't like it the first time. I think it's because of, you know, my 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 brain is anywhere else and you know, I was just trying to like understand the principle a little bit better. So I came back and, you know, read it for the second time and I liked it more.
0: Oh, it's funny. You're probably like less resistant to it and you know, taking notes like, Oh, I actually like this. You know, I I went to college with James. I think I told you, right? I think you told me. Yeah. I'm like, "Ah, are you trying to get him? (laughs) I'm trying. I'm interviewing him for, um, an entrepreneurial summit next week. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, do you want to do my podcast? Do you want to do want to be my best friend? Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, working on it, working Mm -hmm. on it, hardcore. I love Mm -hmm. it.
1: Um, what is your favorite emoji? Oh, I like the raised hands ones i like i'm that. not sure i'm not sure if this the you know what i mean the yeah. this is the raise hands with the both hands but like it's yeah. like you know yay yeah Doing this yeah i said like, Instead of like oh, high yeah. five yeah yeah I'm like yeah. yeah you got this so yeah i think yeah. it's very powerful
0: to do that i think so too it's a fun one to get mm-hmm. and then my final question for you poi is who gave you permission or inspired you to do the thing you wanted to do with your life
1: um Right now, I would say 100% that I give myself 100% permission to do whatever I want to do. But I think that's also like going back to my parents who always say, like my mom always say that I support whatever you want to do with your life. Um, You know, if you wanted to take a piano lessons, here's the money, take it and do it whatever you want. So they always been super supportive for me and my sisters as well to like, choose your own path. They never told me that, Hey, you have to be an engineer. You have to be a doctor. You have to be whatever you want to do. Just you know, take your own path and learn from your mistakes. And, and yeah, they always have my back. So,
0: and here you are this this world renowned flower Mm -hmm. paper floral maker. I will get there one day. (laughs) writing the testimonials now. I love it. Um, well, point thank you so much for joining us today on the Sixth Degree Podcast. We loved hearing your story and can't wait to follow your journey in the the months to come. Oh, thank you for having me. It's just been a lot of fun. Yay. And listeners, if you like today's episode, please, please make sure to like, share, follow, and give us a five-star review. And we will see you the next time on The Sixth Degree with Emily Merrill.